0: Good evening. This is Justin Ford in the studio for Africa Christian Action Salt and Light on Radio Tigerberg. Tonight we are discussing ideas rule the world. Dr. Hammond, how long have you been recording on Radio Tigerberg?
1: Well, we praised God that it's now 27 years of Salt and Light on Radio Tigerberg. Back in September 1995, the first English program, and of course multilingual, but mostly English, a program on Radio Tigerberg. Right back after the marches. Christian Voice Marches to Parliament uh, back in 1995. Uh, Dominique Zunzevenster launched uh, Radio Tigerberg, and what a joy to have been part of it from the beginning. And it's Light has continued every week for 27 years on Radio Tigerberg. What a privilege.
0: And Dr. Hammond, why do you hold Biblical Worldview Summits every year?
1: Yes, this coming. Uh, January, we will be having our next Biblical Worldview Summit, and it'll then be 32 years of Biblical Worldview Summits held in Cape Town. Now, of course, we have run Biblical Worldview Seminars and Summits all over Africa and the world, uh, including in the Congo, which had our very best attendance ever, uh, in Lubumbashi back uh, in the year 2000. And six, and we had thousands of people at that biblical worldview summit in the Congo. But even up in Nigeria and Sudan, all over Africa, we've had the joy of running biblical worldview summits, Zambia and so on. Uh, But 32 years in Cape Town, it's because ideas rule the world. And those who understand the world of ideas will have the opportunity to influence the world of ideas.
0: Dr. Hammond, do we as humans, uh, talking about worldviews, do we uh, interpret or view the world and respond to the world Neutrally and directly, or is God mediating all our perceptions and responses?
1: Well, God can work all things together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. But it's important that we are not conformed to this world but have our minds renewed by the transforming of our minds through the Word of God. So, everyone has a worldview. Uh, A worldview is a way of interpreting everything that happens in the world, and the Bible is an explanation for the universe. But there's also competing worldviews like secular humanism and evolutionism, Marxism, New Age. They also have explanations for the universe and they have worldviews. Now, every worldview is focused on ideas. Ideas have far-reaching consequences. All ideas have consequences. Those who understand the ideas that rule the world will have the opportunity to influence the world of ideas. And Colossians 2 verse 8 tells us, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ.
0: You just said uh, worldviews and the ideas upon which they are founded have far-reaching consequences. Why is that?
1: Well, our worldview determines our values. You know, your belief affects your behavior. Your creed affects your conduct. It influences how we think and your worldview therefore guides how you live. So worldviews consist of those set of beliefs and presuppositions that we hold about the basic realities of life.
0: What do you mean by the basic realities of our world or of life?
1: Well, every worldview answers these basic questions like, what is reality? What is knowledge? How can you know what's right or wrong? What is man? What happens to man after death? What is the meaning of history? Why is there suffering and evil? What's the purpose for our existence and how should we live? Well, the Bible makes it clear that God is ultimate reality. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And our base for knowledge is God's revelation. And in the past, God spoke through the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us in and by his son. Uh, How can we know right from wrong? Well, from the word of God, because all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Man is created by God, but human nature is sinful, totally depraved. Therefore, we are fallen creation. There's good in the worst of us because we're created by God. But there's bad, there's evil in the best of us because we're fallen creation. And so, uh, plainly, we see in the Bible, creation taught and total depravity. And because we're created by God, there's some good, even in the worst of us. And because we're fallen, there's bad, even in the best of us. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. After death, each of us will face eternal judgment. We will either enjoy God's gracious rewards in heaven, or we will endure just punishment in hell. Man is appointed to die once, but after this to face judgment. That's one a point none of us will be late for. Uh, it is appointed a man once to die and after that the judgment. History is his story, because God is sovereign over history, and there are consequences. What a man sows, he reaps, and there's consequences for nations too. Just as we are judged in heaven as individuals, in eternity we judge as individuals, but on earth we judge as nations. And so um, the Bible makes it clear that God gives blessings to nations that obey his laws and he gives curses and judgments to those who disobey his laws. Deuteronomy 28, uh, Leviticus 26, very clear. Uh, Therefore, when you see floods and droughts and famines and plagues and pestilence and war, you've got to know that these are judgments of God. These are warnings to a nation uh, about them going astray and when their money becomes dross and when Uh, foreigners rule over them and these are some of the judgments uh, listed so that history tells a story the most high is sovereign of the kingdoms of men and he gives them to anyone he wishes suffering and evil are the result of man's rebellion against god since the fall do not be deceived god cannot be mocked what a man reaps that he is what he has sown so what's the purpose of our existence well as the westman standards puts it so well Uh, The primary duty of man is to glorify God and to worship Him forever. To worship God and to enjoy Him forever. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. How should we then live? We should live in obedience to the Bible. The Lord your God commands you this day to follow these decrees and laws, carefully observe them with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind.
0: Dr. Hammond, how does a person come to hold the worldview that they hold? Are they born with it or is it downloaded into their minds from outside? Well, there's no doubt that upbringing
1: makes a big difference. I mean, I suppose genetics might affect our character, but our upbringing makes the biggest impact. And so uh, the kind of parents you've got, uh, the kind of friends you have, the kind of teachers and lecturers that input in your life, the kind of media that you input, uh, TV, movies, advertising, Radio, music, newspapers, magazines, books, textbooks, all of these influence you. The manners you were taught, even the words and phrases you were taught, all of these will affect what kind of worldview you have. So uh, our worldview is very much a result of our culture, our upbringing, our family, uh, the school uh, input that we received. And uh, even the national and political events that you live through all of these things can influence how we come to think like we do but right now it's actually frightening to think how much people are programmed um, uh, by uh, TV or the media and you know it's called programming for a reason and it's frightening when you think how much time the average person spends in front of a screen and how much um, the media can choose what you get to see and uh, you know Google and so on and and they can deplatform platform what they don't like. and So unfortunately, many people are being programmed with a worldview from the media. And considering how secular humanism has taken over most of the mass media and most of the entertainment industry and most of the education institutions or indoctrination gulags, um, you can understand why some people think and act and vote like they do. How do we determine what worldview a person holds, Dr. Hammond? It's actually quite easy to tell the difference uh, between one person's uh, views and another because just um, whether you're talking about an author or a speaker or a lecturer, a journalist, a filmmaker or anyone else, you know, whether you're talking about a pastor or um, a politician, what is this person using to interpret their facts? And sometimes you can discern Charles Darwin's origin of species or... Um, maybe the Marxist Manifesto or Das Kapital is creeping in the background to interpret the facts. What's this person's fundamental beliefs about life? I mean, do they believe that there's meaning and purpose in life, an ultimate eternal justice, or do they believe you came from nothing, you're going nowhere and life is meaningless? How consistent is this person's worldview? We have come across people who borrow from other people's worldviews. So, uh, you can be on the street and you're asking a person uh, about their beliefs and you find out they don't believe in God and they reject the Bible and they don't believe in heaven and hell, and they don't believe in judgment. And you say, so how? what rules do you use to govern your life? And they come out with something like, well, I believe you've got to do to others you want them to do to you. And you think, wait a minute, that rings a few bells. Isn't that what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? Um, isn't stealing a no-no? Um, so many a time you can find people not consistent with their worldview and actually stealing lumber from your forest in order to build up their worldview so not everyone's consistent with their worldview and we can be grateful for that because if people were thoroughly consistent it might be a problem what's the practical implications of a person's worldview i mean imagine if you really believed that you came from nothing and you're going nowhere and life is meaningless and there's no heaven no hell no right no wrong no day of eternal judgment no eternal judge who's going to put things right The practical implications of that is this world might not be worth living in uh, if everyone actually believed and acted consistent with that kind of view. Uh, So what will this worldview mean for me personally? And, you know, you just think of whether you're accepting evolutionism uh, or atheism or agnosticism or whether you're accepting egalitarianism or antinomianism, you know, what's this going to affect for me? And What will it mean for the world in general? Imagine if everyone lived consistent with those worldviews. So intellectually, what does this person believe is true about himself and his place in history? Well, as a Christian, we believe we are fallen creation. We are depraved sinners. We are hell-deserving sinners, saved by the grace of God alone. That should affect our way of thinking. Physically, how does this person treat himself or mistreat himself? Do they treat or mistreat their body? By overeating or by not eating enough or Do they sleep too much or too little? Do they over-exercise or under-exercise? How does this person treat or mistreat their body? Socially, how do they interact with their friends and enemies, Uh, the rich and the poor, the strong and the weak? And uh, you can tell how a person is by how they're going to interact with others. And uh, I remember one of the most important lessons being taught to us at school when I was brought up in Bulawayo, in Matabiland, The impression there was... uh, Teamwork is so important in sports. In sports, on a sports field, you learn to play according to the rules and to be uh, tenacious in doing your best and to being a team player. Don't hog the ball. Don't always try to score the goal for yourself. Uh, Think of the good of the team. Play for the good of the team. Pass. Think of others. Encourage one another. And don't try and be a prima donna. And congratulate the winning team. Uh, Be a gracious winner. Be a gracious loser. Uh, Play according to the rules. Now, there's a lot of good things you can learn in good sports, and that's why when you get these prima donnas throwing a temper tantrum uh, fit and throwing their tennis racket down and screaming at the umpire, well, I mean, what? that's not just bad manners. That's going against the whole purpose of good sport. But how does a person treat the weak and those people who they disagree with? How do people treat animals, actually? Um, the Bible is clear. A good man is conscious animals, but the wicked are cruel to theirs. Economically, what is this person's motivation in work? do they only live for Fridays? (laughs) Do they hate their work? Are they only working in order to get their money? Or do they just live for the weekends? Are they trying to earn more than what they need in order to be generous to others and to contribute to God's kingdom and missions and advance of the kingdom of God? Uh, How do they spend their money? And how people spend their, um, especially their disposable income says a lot about a person. Uh, I know people that I knew when I was in the army in the fire brigade who It seemed that the only important things in life were cigarettes and alcohol and getting drunk and uh, getting high was the highest priorities of their lives. And you can only feel sorry for a person like that. Uh, Some people live for gambling and so on. Um, Ethically, what moral guidelines and obligations direct this person's thinking about justice and righteousness and what is important? So... Yes, asking a few questions about this person's worldview. And, you know, you can do this with a character on a movie or a politician that wants your votes or a journalist or uh, somebody in a media that's trying to get your attention. Ask these questions. And um, what are they using to interpret the facts? What their fundamental beliefs about life? How consistent is a worldview? What will this mean for the whole world if um, the practical implications, if this person's worldview was followed by everyone?
0: Uh, Dr. Hammond, to make the concept of a worldview crystal clear, can you give us an example of a common life experience and how it would be interpreted differently by different worldviews?
1: Yes. So, for example, it used to be that um, because we believed in the depravity of man and we believe uh, that only God is good. In fact, Jesus said um, only God is good um, and to understand the depravity of man. For this reason, we had certain rights that we had to respect with everyone. Freedom of thought, freedom of conscience, freedom of movement, freedom of travel, all the way through freedom of the press. Why? Because we know that we can be wrong and we need checks and balances. We need the uh, iron sharpening, iron, the free marketplace of ideas. And so uh, we should be tolerant with those we disagree with. Now, just think how that worldview where you respected and were polite with people that you had very serious disagreements with, um, that you might disagree with everything, but you agreed that they had the right to say it just like you might have the right to uh, point out where you thought they were inconsistent or wrong. But today, you can see some people who reject the depravity of man and who don't believe um, uh, in man's sinfulness but believe in the goodness of man, they often tend to be the kind of secular humans who don't want others to have a competing worldview with themselves. So you're not allowed to say that. Um, that's hate speech, there's no place for that opinion there, and they believe in deplatforming you, and having you become an unperson, to disappeared on a memory hole to use George Orwell's 1984 book, where that's a thought crime you know, the thought police should get you for how dare you even think like that and this speaker can't be allowed on our college campus, and uh, you can't be allowed to say that, and this person should be cancelled because of this and we've got to pull down this person's statue we can't have a monument to and isn't it interesting how people who say they believe in the goodness of man end up uh, doing the most hideous things, destroying societies, destroying monuments, uh, causing massive havoc in society because they're convinced they're right. There's no possibility they can be wrong. So there can't be any uh, permission allowed for someone having a competing worldview. And um, I can think of one example that affected me very personally. 1987, I ended up in prison. I was on a mission. Going driving through Botswana and Zambia, going to Malawi to minister to um, uh, Mozambican refugees who were suffering the effects of the war in Mozambique. We had a vehicle full of Bibles, and um, on we were on the way to this mission. We got arrested in Zambia for refusing to pay a bribe. And uh, we got a crash course on socialist humanism because Kenneth Kaunda, the d- dictator or president for life of the one-party state in Zambia at that time, he published on billboards all over the place, socialist humanism. That was the philosophy of the country. And one of the books that was available for me to read um, in the uh, present, there was not many books, but it was called A Humanist in Africa. And so there's Kenneth Gunder's book, A Humanist in Africa, uh, where he said, I could not accept the Calvinism of my parents who believe in the depravity of man. I believe in the goodness of man. And so Kenneth Kounder, um, who was plainly a socialist, had made socialist humanism the ideology of Zambia. And uh, it was intriguing as the other prisoners in our cell, now I was not charged, um, we were thrown into the presidential detainee cell and we met some of the finest, well-educated people in all of Zambia, which included an engineer who had trained in Sandhurst, who was in the military in Zambia, who was locked up because he said sanctions will hurt Zambia more than South Africa. Um, Can't say that, into prison with him. And there were a few businessmen whose businesses had been taken over and they'd been thrown to prison. There's some poor Hindu uh, man who used to own a mine. He was thrown there. He'd been there for years. And uh, no charge. Uh, Detained at the president's pleasure. There's the detainee cell, cell 11, Lusaka Central Prison. There's some poor businessman from Mali who'd gotten arrested for not paying some bribe, and there he was thrown there. People being tortured, all sorts of hideous things. Well, it was interesting to note that when Kenneth Kahunda was locked up in Lusaka Central, there were less than eighty people in the prison. The British built the prison for eighty prisoners, and there was electricity and plumbing and uh, Kenneth Gnda's cell, which he had to himself, uh, had uh, bed and blankets and mattresses, uh, pillows and sheets and he had a desk and table and he had writing materials he had bookshelves. He had cooked meals, he had gramophone, he had couch and so on. Um, but, you know, the evil British believed in depravity of man. But he believed in goodness of man. So none of those things. We didn't have any furnishings or uh, electricity or plumbing in Lusaka Central when I was locked up there in 1987. Because Kenneth Kunda's socialist humanism, had stripped the place of all furnishing. There was nothing in there. We were just living in human squalor and filth. Sixty uh, odd prisoners crammed in a cell on average in a s- prison where he used to have a cell himself. And uh, forget about three cooked meals a day that Kenneth Gohunda got when he was locked up there. Um, we were lucky to get one meal of starch, the only protein being provided by the flies that fell into the massive cooking pot outside. And uh, that was it. And there was no eating utensils, no plates, no bowls, no cups, no uh, spoons. I mean, just had to be dished onto your hands and you had to eat uh, sort of like a dog. And uh, And not only that, uh, but uh, most of the prisoners there were remand, meaning they didn't have prison uniform. They hadn't even had the day in court. Some people had been eight years and were still waiting for the day in court. So interesting, a man can believe in the goodness of man. And uh, uh, you could just see from his prison um, how many people there without charge or without the day in court. And you could see the inhumanity to man performed by people who claim to be humanists and who believe in the goodness of man. So, yes, I think we can see a lot of examples of how uh, people just look at a simple thing like, are people good or are people evil? Uh, If you believe in the goodness of man, you might think, well, we don't need checks and balances. We've got one party's good enough, our party's the best, like... President Zelensky of Ukraine, he's abolished all other parties. There's only his political parties, uh, abolished all other media, he's closed down all the media, there's only his uh, media, um, government media uh, propaganda agency, you could say. And, uh, you know, they call us fighting for democracy. And democracy means one party and one media. But if you believe in the depravity of man, you recognise I could be wrong. Therefore, you should have a paid, supported opposition. Recognise the opposition party is also playing a patriotic, important role in the country – as checks and balances, because if you believe in the depravity of man, you believe there's got to be checks and balances. Upper and lower house, a judicial, executive, legislative branch of a government and all kinds of checks and balances, because you've you've got to uh, restrain power. You cannot trust any one party or individual to have control because they could abuse it. So you need uh, public protectors and you need investigations and so on. The king has got to be under law, lex rex, the law is king, not the king is law but the law must be king and the king should be under the law. And that's why even prisons should be able to be um, indicted and um, um, they can even be uh, put on trial uh, as as has been done. Um, so uh, it's important in your worldview to understand uh, what do you believe about man and about justice and right and wrong. And, and uh, I think you can see the problem with there's some people in the world today who justify deplatforming anyone who disagrees, beating up someone who's got a different view, uh, banning them, getting them run off Twitter, um, not allowed to have a, a place on Facebook. No, there's fake news. Not lo- and much of what they called fake news has now been proven to be true. It wasn't fake news at all. Um, but the people who, who, the fact checkers were proven to be false uh, on so many scientific things that have come out now uh, over uh, the years. So, This is why free markets should have uh, freedom of the press, freedom of thought, freedom of conscience, freedom of movement, freedom of opinion. These things should not be infringed on. And yet you will see some very happy to go in for a cancel culture, cancel this, destroy those monuments, pull those things down, don't allow these people on campus, don't allow them to speak, uh, don't allow this person's opinion to be published and so on. And that comes from an idea, a humanist idea, that we are right, and everyone else is wrong, and we've got every right to break, to take all of your rights away from you if you say something that we disagree with. That's dangerous, but unfortunately, you can see that's pretty
0: predominant in some parts of the world today. Dr. Hammond, at the beginning of the show, you said each worldview is founded on ideas. Ideas have far reaching consequences. Please give us a rundown of some of the ideas and ideologies that have coalesced together to create the secular humanist worldview.
1: Well, yes, like atheism, um, a, in front of anything negates it. So an atheist, um, theist believes in God and atheist doesn't believe in God. You came from nothing. You're going nowhere. Life is meaningless. Uh, belief believe there's no God, no gods, uh, exists. So atheism obviously is one of the views that affects a lot of things. If you don't believe there's a God, you don't believe there's a day of judgment. You don't believe there's eternal right and wrong, uh, eternal cosmic consequences for things on earth, no eternal justice. That's pretty sad, uh, Deconstructionism is pretty dangerous, because this view is that you could take um, a literary discipline like the English department, say at at university, and you see the author's point of view is not valid. Um, you can take out of the classical literature or the law or the constitution or the Bible whatever you, the reader, wants to believe rather than what the author meant. And so that's how some people can take William Shakespeare, or Uh, uh, Charles Dickens and Jane Austen and somehow teach some radical um, views that uh, were definitely not the views of the authors and definitely not in the text of the book. And they're pushing things that many of the people who've read the books will uh, listen to this and think, what on earth has this got to do with English literature? It's got nothing to do with it, but they're doing it because of deconstructionism. They can can make it mean whatever they want it to mean, Uh, including the Bible. That's why they can do what the Bible condemns and uh, they can do it and still claim to be Christians, they say. Egalitarianism is pretty bad. Uh, it believes in total equality. All animals are equal, but some animals more equal than others. Uh, the idea that you shouldn't just have equal opportunity, but equal results. And the equal results means that they should be able to prevent and ban you from um, having a different result. So egalitarianism, uh, no respect for elders or people who've achieved or done more, got more experience. You've just got to accept that everything's got to be on a radical equal. But as George Orwell put in Animal Farm, well, somehow or another it works out that the politicians are more equal than others and they don't work in the same system. Uh, existentialism, um, introspective humanism, it, who cares about history? Who cares about the future? Who cares about other people? The only thing that really matters is me. Myself and I, the new Trinity. My personal experience now. uh, And that existentialism, as you can see, is pretty much the ideology of Hollywood and how many films push that. Hedonism, uh, a love of pleasure and basically uh, the only thing that matters is um, if it feels good, do it. And uh, how can it be wrong if it feels so right? And hedonism basically live for uh, sensual pleasure. Materialism, you see a lot of materialism. If you've seen uh, bumper stickers like Um, Shop until you drop or born to shop or the one who dies with the most toys wins. Um, That's pretty materialistic. Um, Nothing exists other than matter. Nothing matters except what you can touch. Uh, Everything is a product of time plus chance plus matter. So evolutionism would be materialistic. Darwinism would be materialistic, for example. Multiculturalism is the attempt to reverse God's judgment at Babel. So the Frankfurt School of Cultural Marxism, for example, said that the goal was to break down the pillars of Western Christian society by breaking every tie of blood, soil, nation, faith, and family to create a new world order, a great reset with a genderless, um, familyless, uh, classless, and, of course, religionless society. Um, Pantheism, belief that God is synonymous with the universe, you can think of Shirley MacLaine standing by the ocean, declaring, "I am God," which she isn't. But uh, many people thought that was really great. Um, positivism um, is the thing that the only thing that really matters is what you can personally um, find in your personal experience of data. Uh, the idea that the financi- the foundation of modern sociology is the religion of humanity. Postmodernism: there is no truth. There is no right or wrong. Uh, all philosophies are rejected um, other than po- postmodernism, and everything is personal nothing is true that's true for you but it's not true for me and that sort of nonsense and there's no such thing as a lie because there's no such thing as truth um, so the truth can now appear in quotation marks in some current journals and textbooks so the age of the protean self uh, protean means ever-changing self nothing exists except an endless present where the party is always right as George Orwell put it Relativism, uh, situation, ethics, values, clarification, is it right to steal? It depends. Is it right to murder? Well, it depends on circumstance. So they reject universal truth, reject absolute codes of conduct, reject the Bible. Truth is relative. So relativism is that the only thing that matters is whatever that particular individual or society or political party decides that it is. Um You've got other things like utilitarianism, uh, which is um, the end justifies the means. I think we've all heard that one. Uh, The goal is all that matters and it doesn't matter how many bodies and lives or economies are broken to achieve it. Um, This is the goal. So if we understand these ideas that rule the world, it'll enable us to influence the world of ideas.
0: Dr. Hammond, thank you for helping us to understand the world we live in and the ideas that shape our life. Um, In closing, I would like to share 1 John chapter 5 verses 4 to 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God?
1: So, it's so important uh, to uh, learn more about these worldviews, and if you go on to the christianlibertybooks.co.za website, you'll be able to find books like The Battle for Truth and Understanding the Times by David Noble, and uh, biblical principles, FAFCA, biblical worldview manual. These are great resources. There's also audiovisual materials and box sets on these biblical worldview seminars. And we've been for 32 years running these biblical worldview summits. So. Uh, bear in mind that there's one coming up now from the 5th to the 12th of January, 2023. The Biblical Worldview Summit, if you want to know more about it, you can find it on the website. Uh, go on to the christianaction.org.ca website and look for upcoming events. Biblical Worldview Summit from the 5th to the 12th of January. And if you would like to learn about worldviews in a fun body, mind and spirit uh, interactive way with lots of opportunities for uh, practical applications, uh, contact us. And that would be mission at frontline.org.za.
0: Please join us next week at the same time, 104 FM on Radio Tigerberg for the next program of Salt and Light. God bless and good night.